How's your cup of tea, Matthew? It's good. It is. Fairly weak in comparison to last week, or? I, I don't think it's as good. Um, my excuse is that I didn't actually make it. It was there in the um, in the staff room. Okay. So I took it. Right. Oh, right, okay. I think we're live. I think we better... Well, someone around the college is wondering where their cup of tea's gone, so we better get we, well, uh, we're stolen it. going. Also, downstairs. Did you see what's downstairs? We're in P106, by the way. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. How do you like your hot dog? With mustard. Tomato ketchup as well? Mm, is, is that too much? Well, I suppose that leads us nicely onto constitutional reform and particularly the codified constitution. Is a codified constitution too much for this country to handle? So welcome to episode five of A-Level Politics podcast and we hope you enjoy it. Today we are going to be talking about whether Britain should adopt a codified constitution. Matthew, what is a codified constitution? Uh, I think in short it's, it's where you have the rules and regulations of how a country is going to be governed in one single document, I think is probably the nicest way, simplest way of summarising it. And so an uncodified constitution, the one that we've got at the moment, is one where you will find the constitution in multiple sources. It's multi-sourced. It's not written down in one document. It's not like the US constitution. Uh, so our constitution you'd find in statute law, in EU treaties, in historical documents um, and authoritative works, um, in customs and in conventions which are unwritten rules but which are binding things like uh, the royal prerogative the prime minister's uh, right to declare war um, so that's seemingly quite different actually to a codified constitution so why should we have a codified constitution what's wrong with our system as it is um, well like what we've discussed in class there's been um, a lot of attempts to change the constitution particularly since 1997 um, and there's lots of problems that was uh, felt to exist with the constitution as it was, um, a lack of rights, um, executive dominance of parliament, um, the fact that it was very unclear, hard to, to, to know how what the limitations were on government as well, and just a general feeling that it was sort of out of date and there was too many old-fashioned parts to the way our system worked. Well, for example, um, let's take this prime ministerial right to declare war. Uh, it's not written down anywhere. Uh, whereas in the US Constitution, it's very clear Congress has the right to declare war. Um, and uh, there was, it was never written down until recently that the prime minister could call an election. Um, it, it's not written down anywhere that the prime minister has the right to negotiate treaties on behalf of 65 million odd British citizens. It seems bizarre that it's uh, been left like this for so long. What do you think about um, some other arguments about having uh, a codified constitution? Things you, you mentioned about rights. Yes. Um, now, obviously, our constitution isn't entrenched, and that's a codified constitution would bring in tougher rules for amending it, whereas our constitution, simple of acts of parliament, boom, the Human Rights Act is gone. Um, and that has happened in the past. Tony Blair, for example, scrapped uh, the ancient office of Lord Chancellor um, simply by reshuffling his cabinet. George Osborne plans to bring in a northern powerhouse. 
his words, not mine. He's created that uh, marketing uh, term. Um, and he can just simply do that by an act of parliament. It's a bit like the United States saying, actually, we haven't got 50 states anymore. We're going to have 51 states. What do you think about that? I think the, the main reason for that, the reason why they feel they can do that is because they are elected. Mm. Um, and often it is um, in their manifesto and they feel they have the mandate to do it. So if we talk about getting rid of the Human Rights Act, that's been something that's been in the Conservative manifesto in, a tw in 2015 general election and I think in 2010 as well. So it's been a long-term uh, pledge of theirs. So that's why they feel they've got the legis legitimacy to do that sort of thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that argument falls by the wayside uh, when things happen during a time in office that wasn't uh, expressed in a manifesto. Theresa May, for example, claimed that she had the right to trigger Article 50 using her so-called royal prerogative powers. Now, yes, the Supreme Court denied her this right, but her powers, her limits are nowhere to be found in law. A codified constitution would clarify what she could do as Prime Minister and what she couldn't do. I also think that what you said about the UK being executive dominated, also uh, we are London dominated as well, aren't we? We're very centralised. Even after devolution, councils, for example, rely on central government for 85% of their funds and they must spend this money how the government wants it to. Um, and at the moment, perhaps this issue isn't so much on the agenda because Parliament is uh, very thinly controlled by the Conservatives. But when you get a government with a large majority, um, like the Blair majorities or the Thatcher majorities, they can get an awful lot done um, and they can largely ignore Parliament. But in many ways, that is seen as a strength of our system um, and it, 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 our constitution has been proved to adapt to the times. If there is the, the demand for change, then the government can quite easily meet those expectations. So if we have two examples, if it's to do with um, the demand for Scottish autonomy, then in 1998 with the Scotland Act, the government was able to introduce the Scottish Parliament. If it's to do with terrorism, then New Labour was able to introduce the, the Terrorism Act. So what you're referring to there is that flexibility that the mm. UK constitution has. The problem with that, and people who would like a codified constitution, is that flexibility can extend to encroach upon civil liberties. Um, in uh, 2016 alone, the government, with its Commons majority, weakened the right to strike and it passed the Investigatory Powers Act that increases the state power to obtain data from any UK citizen. The Snoopers Charter. The Snoopers Charter. Um, the previous Labour government extended detention of terrorist suspects to 28 days. It wanted to go to 90 days and perhaps with a slightly larger Commons majority it would have been able to. But I think with that as well is that you've got the with the Snoopers Charter, I think there's a lot of support in both the Conservative and the Labour Party on that. So I think really we're not looking at just the executive dominating. I think actually there's, there's consensus on that. So I don't, not sure. I think even with the Terrorism Act, I think there was cross-party support there as well. 
there was cross-party support for the death penalty 50 years ago. That doesn't make it right. So what we could say is that if we had a higher form of law, then it would um, ensure that the whims and political fancies of the day, regardless of how much support it had, wouldn't encroach upon fundamental civil liberties. And you could argue that a codified constitution would establish the rights of citizens and laws um, um, and they could only be struck down if there was an overwhelming supermajority in the House of Commons, for example. Um, but it seems that we're taking uh, slightly different viewpoints here. Uh, you may have noticed that I seem to be very much in favour of a codified constitution and Matthew seems to be um, in favour of what we already have. Um, so, Matthew, am I right in saying that you are arguing that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think the main argument against it is that um, there's no real consensus as to what it would look like, what it would involve. We haven't had a civil war or a revolution that would necessitate changing our constitution massively. Um, and I don't think there would be a lot of people coming together agreeing as to what it would look like. Um, because we look at lots of the reforms that we've had recently on English votes for English laws, boundary change, the House of Lords, there's no real consensus there. It seems very unlikely that there'd be consensus on what that codified constitution would look like as well. As uh, Professor Anthony King said, we are as likely to get it wrong as get it right. I suppose those in favour of a codified constitution would say it would act as a break on uh, ill-thought-out piecemeal change the likes of which we've seen in the last 20 years, where bits and bolts are being added to the Constitution in what Jeffers terms as a very dangerous way that could lead to the disintegration of the UK and perhaps a constitutional uh, settlement uh, in, in the way of a codified Constitution might provide some guidance. Um, but that, that codified Constitution would undermine parliamentary sovereignty, wouldn't it? And that's one of the problems with it. And democracy as well, I think. Why democracy? I think if you're giving a lot of power to judges, um, that is seen to be undemocratic because these people aren't elected. And if we look at America, these people have their position for life. They're chosen by the president. And right now, we've got one position left on the Supreme Court in America. And who is it that's going to choose that person? It's going to be Donald Trump. So do we want to have that sort of situation where the judges have a lot of power and they're maybe being chosen by some rather unsavoury people? Um, and they're often seen as, in quote, the sort of known as politicians in robes in America. They're, they're sort of not as independent as people would like them to be. So in many ways, I think the judiciary in this country are very highly respected. Article 50 being forgotten about, that whole business there being forgotten about. I think they're very highly respected because they are seen to be just interpreting the law. They're not being constantly involved in political issues and ruling whether they, should, they can go ahead or not. And of course in America, or in any country where you have a constitution that is codified, the judges have an elevated status, an elevated position in politics, don't they? Because they can strike down law that elected politicians make. Um, uh, because they can declare that unconstitutional. 
Whereas over here in the UK, there is no constitution to say to Parliament, ah, you're acting against the constitution. So Parliament essentially is the constitution in that sense when Supreme Court judges make decisions. But could you not argue that this is really a theoretical argument? And in practice, the Supreme Court is increasing, increasingly powerful. Uh, as the Article 50 decision uh, showed, it proved that um, Parliament uh, was preeminent, or it, it ruled that Parliament was preeminent. Um, and you know what you you could suggest is that 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 situation exists anyway. That that we have really powerful judges already. I don't, I don't, I'm not not sure whether it's changed too much. Um, I think ever since two thousand five, with the Constitutional Reform Act, we from then on we had a Supreme Court. Um, properly in 2009 when I had the separate building. So I think now people are more aware of them because they are in a separate building, they've got a separate title. But even in 2004, there's a good example with the Belmarsh case where the, the law lords ruled that to hold suspected terrorists in Belmarsh prison without trial, without conviction, they ruled that to be against habeas corpus um, and to be going against the Human Rights Act. So... That was back then when they were the law lords. They were doing huge sort of damage to the government. We have a, a guest in the, in the room. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, that's the uh, caretaker coming to see if we've uh, um, closed the windows. We have, but we haven't turned out the lights. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to see our notes, would we? Um, and I think what you're saying there, Matthew, is is that... Basically, the courts do a good job of upholding rights, do a good job of holding the government to account. So we don't need a codified constitution. I suppose uh, some people would also say that a strong government, a dominating government, is actually quite a good thing as well, um, because it means that the executive can control legislative outcomes, fulfilling its mandate, controlling economic matters with efficiency. Um, and so, for example, while not everyone would have agreed with the UK uh, economic reforms uh, of the Thatcher era, it was possible for her to undertake massive changes because she had that power uh, that an uncodified constitution gives the executive. Um, and where you see codified constitutions, like in Italy, political leaders have not managed to affect the equivalent economic changes needed. And in the US, uh, the most powerful nation on earth nearly defaulted on its debt because of its codified constitution separating powers so rigidly, which means that the executive is so curtailed, so limited by the legislature that it can't get things done. And that's one of the problems of a codified constitution. And some people would say it's one of the, the best things about our constitution because it's uncodified. It gives the executive that flexibility to actually govern. And although President Obama is universally beloved in this country, apart from Nigel Farage and what his views are on Barack Obama are, uh, in America he was very much unloved. Uh, it felt that he was very ineffective because of those limitations on his power. He had made huge promises to close Guantanamo Bay, um, to con do something about gun control, and I think because of those checks on his power he was unable to do so. Um, and even very sensible laws like the Gun-Free Zone Act in the United States, which tried to protect school children and create gun-free zones around schools, failed because of the 
overpowerful Supreme Court declaring that this very sensible law passed by elected politicians was unconstitutional due to the Second Amendment to have weapons. Now, and I think we've got to remember as well, if we give even more power to our judges, most of our judges are white, male, upper class, conservative with a small c. Is that democratic? Is it representative as well? Can they really speak for the people like someone who was elected can? Well, Matthew, well, this is where I beg to differ. Because if you have a codified constitution, you could stipulate the makeup of judges. You could take the politicians out of the selection process, which is why Trump in America can make uh, appointments to the Supreme Court because the Constitution allows it. Our Constitution, our codified Constitution, could ban it. Um, we don't have to be like America if we adopt a codified Constitution. We could be like France or other countries that have codified Constitutions but have more flexible arrangements for amendment and more sensible items within it. For example, we wouldn't have a codified Constitution that would have the Second Amendment. So... Um, to sum up, what is your view? Do you do you actually believe what you're saying? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think over time my view has changed and I think that we need to stick rather than twist. Um, our constitution is messy, it's complicated because we've got statute laws, we've got conventions, we've got um, common law, we've got all sorts of different sources. Um, but that is because of, of our history. And if we change it, then you are throwing away our history as well. I think that's a big point there. I think perhaps the biggest problem with changing, apart from the fact that we're already undergoing lots of change at the moment, is um, if you look at America, the political paralysis that they have there, um, any change that needs to be made has to have two-thirds of Congress approval and three-quarters of the states in order to make any changes. And if you just look at the the fact that civil rights for African-Americans took a long time, I think that's a good evidence of the fact that our system is far easier to change, far easier to be adaptable and, and um, to keep up with the times. And of course, following on from that and, and to, to support your point, um, the question of who would actually write the codified constitution, um, if it's the government, uh, then we've got a problem because um, then what they may well do is entrench their existing powers um, and confirm their dominance. Um, Anti Anthony King argues that codific codification is no panacea. That means cure all. It will not cure the problems that we have. Um, I would disagree with um, the late Anthony King um, because of the following. We have an executive that dominates our country, and that needs to be tamed and limited. We have constitutional reforms of the likes this country has never seen since the Civil War that have been ill thought out and generally introduced either for party political reasons or to uh, tame one trend or another, maybe nationalism in Scotland, and it's not working. Jeffers argues that we are leading uh, uh, this country to disintegration, and looking at the way this country is divided with Brexit uh, and uh, with uh, the pending breakup of the UK, it's hard not to disagree with that. 
So perhaps what we need is a realization that this country is going to be completely different. In many ways, we're forging a new country. Codified constitutions tend to come out of revolutions. And I would argue that we've had a quiet revolution um, over the last few years, with not a single shot being fired, as Nigel Farage put it after the EU referendum. Of course, the country is leaving the EU as well. So what better time to have a constitutional convention, perhaps have two representatives from every constituency in the UK, and get them to sit down, uh, perhaps in a, in a, in a big uh, room, uh, and to discuss uh, how the future arrangements of this country uh, can be uh, thrashed out. But surely it's the worst time for all of those things, because there's so much change, there's so little consensus. Um, we are now in a period where actually we're getting rid of 50 MPs, rather than having two MPs per constituency. Surely it's the worst time. I don't think those things are popular. I don't think that there is any real demand for a codified constitution. Um, but what the people uh, don't necessarily want is not necessarily uh, um, what's good for them. I think that's the right... Is that the right way around? I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I would say it's a very good time to the sit down and talk. The listeners know. Yeah, the listeners know. I would say it's a very good time to sit down and talk. And in fact, one of the problems with our constitution is that we don't do that enough. Parliament passes laws too quickly, ill thought out, um, and then we have to reverse them later. Um, and I don't think that's really a way for us to continue with all the divisions in the country that are emerging, emerging following technological change, following uh, pending Brexit and uh, nationalism and pending breakup of the UK. But I take your point, Matthew. You've made a good case. I think we should let the listeners decide. Yeah, I think so. Um, OK, well, thank you very much and uh, tune in. Uh, in two weeks' time for episode six, where we're going to talk about what? I don't know whether we decided. I'm not sure either. Now, I used to, every time I watched a James Bond movie, I used to like it because they used to say, at the bottom of the credits, James Bond will return. With the name of the yeah. next film. Yeah, and then they stopped doing it. Because I don't know who the next James Bond's going to yeah. be. Yeah, and we don't know what our next topic will be. So, Do we leave it on a cliffhanger? We will. I tell you what, why don't we let our listeners to decide... And uh, they can tell us. They can tell us. So uh, just email us at um, nick.dsouza at rygate.ac.uk or matthew.phillips at rygate.ac.uk with your suggestions for a future podcast. Democratic will of the people. Absolutely. Maybe we should codify it. Let's not. No. OK. Thank you very much. <laughs> Goodbye.